1: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Beans, beans, beans. Don't come round here for beans.
2: Beans, beans, beans. Don't come round here for beans. You want beans? Don't come round here for beans. You want beans? Yeah.
1: Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we... Come up with five, sketch, up with ideas. five sketch ideas.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. Alistair,
1: and I am Andy. I am. I you am remain, Andy.
2: You remain Andy, mate. If I you, wonder if there'll be if you took a twist a, at the end a, a, me
1: away from me, the remainder would still be me. That's how much me I am.
2: I wow. remain. What is there a number like that? That if you take I, Zero, guess, one. I guess one.
1: One oh, no. no, well, if you took one away from one, uh, <laughs> one of the notable factors of that would be that it's no longer one.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But what if you? you know, I was thinking of dividing it by itself. Sure, sure.
1: And in a way, don't don't. Do you think that that subtracting and 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 dividing are basically the same thing? I mean, I, I can't I can't guarantee that they are, but they feel yeah. very similar.
2: I. Is there a simple operation in a computer for dividing? It feels like there's no direct way of doing it that is simple.
1: Uh, <laughs> what do you mean?
2: Like, when you, when you think about dividing in yeah. your mind, yeah. don't you have to do, like, a thing where you go... Because, you know, like, you've done long division. That's not direct.
1: It's a it's an, it's a massive pain in the ass. I see what I see. The question I see what you're asking me. Yes, it's, I, I thought you were asking like is there is there a thing in a computer like a calculator that you can use? Is there a, a a symbol for division that you can press and then it does division? But you mean on a computational level, is there yeah. an algorithm that allows for a computer to perform division in a in such a way that it's yeah. not this bizarre sort of backwards multiplication thing with a bit of addition and subtraction thrown in. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Like, I know this doesn't sound like a sketch right now. No, but... (laughs) But, like, what is the operation for divide? Is it... Okay, so let's say it's 30 divided by 3. Right? Does it go... Does it go, all right, minus 30 minus (laughs) 3... Oh god, minus I hope -3 -3 -3 -3 until it gets to 0 and then it counts and then as it goes down
1: mm.
2: it it counts how many that it did until I, that operation is equal to 0 or less. I <laughs> counting look, the number of them?
1: It's a it's a it's a great question and I'd encourage all all computer scientists to write in um, by mail, by hand, write us a letter, please. Because uh, well, I mean, we might know delivered. some
2: boutique, some boutique calculator designers. Because
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's the thing: is that a, a calculator doesn't look like it would have complex programming in it.
1: No, but it must be in there somehow. Yeah, some, so somewhere, it be, somewhere. There must
2: be a simple thing because I think that's missing from my brain.
1: I, you know, we have long division. Why is there just a, a regular division? Like what is that?
2: Yeah, where's just division? Why are we being taught the long version?
1: <laughs> I'll just go, have division, know, thanks.
2: It's like it's like if school, you know, you're in geography and they go, "All right, we're going to teach you the distance between." <laughs> yeah, okay. Sydney and Melbourne. Now here's the long distance. Yeah. And go you on. go, okay, <laughs> cool. What's the other ones? You go. You're not. You're not going to find out what the other ones are. We don't tell you it's that. It's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be roughly twenty years are going to go by before you're doing a podcast that's supposed to be funny, mm. not <laughs> and this time. you're going to bring this up, and you're going to go. They never taught, taught, taught us the the normal distance between Sydney and Melbourne.
1: There and is there is good. a tedious version for everything that you could get taught in school. It sounds like. There is a shorter version of division, but they came. They needed to pad some time in the maths curriculum, and they said, "Well, what if we just found a, a long way to do division? That would fill mm. a few weeks and confuse some students." And then, and then they 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 penciled in the name long division because they were yeah. going to come up with a you know a a, a market marketing buzzword name for it. But then it got to the day and they were just like, "Nah, it's just it was it was too late. They forgot to change it or they were like, "Yeah, oh, let's just leave it at that. Just leave you it as a it long was? division."
2: If it was teachers who were like, "Look, our workload is too big."
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Our workload. I got to tell you. I'm going to say is, it's quite sizable. And mm-hmm. so, what we're going to do is we're going to invent the concept of long division. And that Will allow us. You see, write that down. You could say, let's say we're going to spend on the curriculum six months teaching mm. this. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard for some, you know, some high up in the uh, in the sort of Department of Education bureaucracy mm. for someone to go look at it and go, well, that won't take six months because it's right there in the name.
1: Yeah, yep, they can't argue with that time that you're asking for. And I tell you what also is good about teaching the kids a really hard way to do it is the teachers all know the really easy way to do it. (laughs) Right. And that means that they can, when they're checking the work, they know the answers really, really quickly. They know them. They know them regular division, which they don't want anybody to know the teachers hate teachers. This guy found one weird trick for division. Teachers hate him. Teachers don't want you to know this. And, it's, it's, it's so quick. It's quicker than addition. It's the easiest thing there is. But they needed that- to pad things out, and they want to look clever. They want to look clever. and they, want to, they, can't, they can't do long division. They don't know how, but they can check the answers really, really quickly, and it makes them look smart.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah. And the, there's almost a full documentary in this. Where's regular division? Mm. <laughs> Where is it? Yeah. Doesn't this feel like something that should have been passed to us from you know the the, Ab, uh, the Arab countries back in like 1506 or something like that?
1: M- what were the Arab countries doing?
2: Advanced mathematics.
1: Maybe they maybe the Arab countries all know it as well and they're all they're, they're holding something back. They thought it would they, they thought that when they were giving us all all the maths, all the mathematics yeah. Ibn Al, what was his name? Ibn Al Sayed, Ibn Al Sayan. Ah, oh, I can't remember. Had, A had, okay. Anyway, some cool guy, some amazing mathematician. They've given us all it, but they were like, "Don't give him everything. Don't give him everything. Hold back the 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 secret of division, and then, in a thousand years' time, when computers and calculators have been invented and it's irrelevant, then we'll come out with it."
2: So are you saying, Andy? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what
1: I'm saying. I hope it's not racist.
2: All, are you saying that all of the math teachers are in mm. cahoots with the Arab nations?
1: <laughs> that is exactly. That is exactly what I'm saying. Yes, to
2: stop us from finding out regular division.
1: Big maths, and it's and it's <laughs> the, the
2: big maths, and that's cradle just of maths, civilization where they multiply numbers with three letter three numbers or more
1: big maths correct that's where all of this comes in handy is right, this Andy, is I'm... this is this a a sort of a more like a kind of like a pandemic like paranoid conspiracy uh documentary video type sketch is that what it is
2: well i think yeah i think the long division scam is maybe and i is a sketch itself mm um but I think yeah, maybe a plandemic style
1: mm.
2: doco on where's division?
1: Yep. Terrific.
2: Plan division.
1: That's Stand you on. know I think you could just call it division. You could call it the great divide. You could call it divide and conquer. You you could call it something else. And it would go it would it would it would go viral. Because as soon as you put the label that people don't want you to know something on something, yeah. suddenly everybody wants to know that thing.
2: Do you think I mean it's actually a really good way of getting a lot of alt right people to learn to learn <laughs> mathematics by telling them that the Arab nations Arab nations don't want them to know how to yeah. divide things.
1: Yeah. Exactly. The elites um I tell my this is how I get my kids to eat their um, their breakfast. Actually, I tell them that the elites don't want them to eat their breakfast.
0: That's
1: really so, good. Yeah, I'm, yeah well, I'm your driving. kids are really right wing. They are now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> they're really right wing, and you noticed. I noticed that I could teach him to do anything by telling him it was something that jo- George Soros didn't want you to know.
1: It, I, you know, the it turns out that the techniques that the alt right uses. To um, to radicalize and motivate these you know fervent um, conspiracy anti-government, anti government um, anti intellectual kind of masses they actually, they work so well that it would be crazy not to adapt them for parenting and so I've developed a new alt parenting technique
2: yeah um well, that well that's good and and the only the only different thing that you have to do to your kids that might be de- detrimental in here while it makes your parenting a lot easier. Mm. The only detrimental thing is you have to make your kids extremely right wing.
1: Yeah, yeah. But also the other thing that I'm doing is I'm making them um, extremely physically weak, so they will be unable to uh, uh, to to enact any form of violence. And that's, I think that's the, a perfect plan. the balance. That's the balance that's perfect that you plan. have to strike. Yep, you know as a it. parent.
2: You know, Hitler wouldn't have been able to do what he could if, if you know, uh, if he hadn't had been super muscly and strong.
1: That's right. <laughs> oh, imagine, imagine muscly Hitler, ripped Hitler, sexy. Do you think Hitler. He would have been?
2: Do you think if he was muscly, super muscly, mm. do you think he would have been better or worse?
1: Um. Let's see. I mean, maybe he was extremely muscly. We don't know. I mean, the clo- those uniform- uniforms just shots. weren't particularly revealing.
2: I think there's shots of him in his, in his swimmers, maybe? Are there any nude? Hitler nudes? I don't know. There no? must have been one somewhere.
1: Somewhere, surely. Um, but they don't want us to see that because, because, again, it's so sexy that it would turn a lot of people uh into nazis
2: really yeah
1: yeah they don't want you to know how good
2: i know that anytime i see somebody who looks sexy i immediately adopt (laughs) their ideology (laughs) i mean is that a fun idea for a (laughs) for a sketch um, yes a sketch
1: yes could be yeah have you written down alt parenting for a start
2: Oh no, I haven't yet. Okay, alt. I think that deserves to be yeah, on the. Uh, you're right. You're right. The great, I just...
1: the great sketch list of sketching. Yeah, uh, sketching, sketching, and I think, yes, being radicalized by sexiness. I mean, it is. You know, no, but I'm, if I'm... you
2: find some like so that it's like it's not that you don't. You, yeah, it's like as soon as you find someone sexy, you adopt their ideology.
1: Hmm. Somehow, maybe even before you know what their ideology is, is it kind of imprinted on you subconsciously?
2: Yeah, like a baby duck, like a horny baby duck.
1: Mm, right, or one of those sort of aversion therapies that they do oh. where they show you images and stuff, then closely show you other images. Maybe that. But we, 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 but
2: yeah, that's, yeah, that's good, yeah. Um, it opens up. Ideology. It opens up the ideology part of the mind.
1: Mm. The 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 ideology sector of the brain actually has a back door in the sexy sector of the brain.
2: Through the sexy gate,
1: the 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 horn the horn door and <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is not just a place in Lord of the Rings. That's where that's where um yeah, that's where <laughs> That's where Frodo is trying to shove his ring. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> in, sho- in the porn version of Lord his... of the Rings. Great. He's yeah, trying to shove. His That's how dirty that move. That that perno. Yeah, it's door. like penetrating rings with rings.
1: Wow. Like because
2: he's trying to put it in a volcano, so somebody's got some big hot anus, mm-hmm. and he's got to put his anus in it and wreck it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if if. Sauron was really big and Sauron would be called like Hardon or something, I imagine, in this version. But his his Mount Doom was his butthole.
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: And and, uh, Frodo takes his own butthole to the other butthole. To to Sauron's butthole, yeah. Yeah. Great. and instead his of them... was,
2: his, because his butthole was made in Sauron's butthole.
1: Yeah, great. And and instead of making you invisible when yeah. you put it on your finger, it just makes people <laughs> not want to look at you. Which is a kind of invisibility. You know, That's so true, if yeah. you put if you're in public and you put your finger up your butthole, people will look away. Yeah. Which is the closest Most. we have come to actual invisibility magic. And yeah. you can you can get away with a lot of stuff while people are looking away. Probably not anything as bad as the thing that you are already doing in public,
2: but the question is would, would this does does this still work in high security buildings? <laughs> you know, buildings that you've sort of gained access to and you need yeah, to go steal I... some important codes from. I... Can you <laughs> Can you just traverse through the highly secured floors mm. by just. <laughs> Every time you your approach a guard
1: your... or. <laughs> a? Or even a security camera. Um,
2: a single security camera might even itself recoil.
1: Yeah. So you. Yeah, I think you can. Like, they try and train guards not to look away from this kind of stuff, but it's innate. You actually can't. Yeah. You can't train that out of the human brain, so it's it's like a security defect that is inside the human mind. It's a zero-day exploit.
2: It's known as finger in the butt invisibility. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I'm really proud of this. Really proud of this. Um, Carly's been recommending a lot of new people listening to the listen to the podcast. A lot of our friends. A lot of her friends, oh, no. she's been recommending. Oh no, <laughs> they listen, and I tell yeah. you what, it, uh, it's going to be a lonely few months. I reckon it's going to be. It's
2: okay, you know. It's we need to learn to live without people.
1: That's right. Uh It's a. Uh, I it's mean, would be great advice going into
2: more lock, more lockdown, not coming out of it, but
1: mm. more lockdown. The more locked, lo- of course. <laughs> <are>. <laughs> Characters from the Time they've Traveler. Been, they've been
2: shot. Yeah. One of the members of the family has been <laughs> shot. The Morlock
1: Lockdown. down. Yeah. So that's the sketch. Write that down, and um, then we're done. That's uh, okay. Who up. are Good the night, Morlocks, everybody? The Morlocks who are, are the Morlocks. Are the they Morlocks... old
2: money, but not old that much money? Just old, sort of. <laughs> the yeah, Morlocks we're... are
1: the mutant um, underground monsters in the Time Traveler. H.G. Wells is the Time Traveler. He goes okay, right. into the distant future and society has divided into the Eli, I think they're called, who live on the surface and are like the descendants of the, the wealthy and they're very beautiful but stupid and the Morlocks who are the descendants of the working class who are very strong and live underground and who eat the Eli. They come to the surface and eat them. Now, I'm not quite sure what the political statement that makes is Mm. it feels very very confusing like what what is he trying to suggest that the working class like because it seems like the working class have a lot of power but that they're evil
2: Mm. yeah and that they have better genes
1: uh well i mean they're very ugly um, oh,
2: I, I thought they said they were really beautiful.
1: No, the the rich people are the ones who live on the surface, but That's they're who I stupid. Meant. But they're they're the the descendants of the rich. But the working class are the ones who are underground yeah. and ugly and evil.
2: But already, just saying that the rich have kind of superior genes is a nobody kind of said a weird that. Statement. Yeah, I mean, you said that. Yeah, I know, but I think isn't that what what the interpretation of <laughs> I mean look I, I may be getting this wrong and maybe I'm I'm confronting some of my long-held sort of subconscious beliefs but I guess I, my interpretation was always that people see beauty as being sort of stronger genes mm. and ugliness as not but I guess that doesn't really make sense in the context of anything right
1: Well I you know uh the the it's it's fitness for an environment, but I suppose, yes, you see the symmetry and that sort of thing as being representative of well-functioning genes. But then maybe you could be very symmetrical and still extremely ugly, equally uh, hideous on both sides of the line of symmetry.
2: Well, I mean, I guess there could be, you know, there could be a person, a title even, that could be given out for most... Symmetrical, hideous person
1: mm, the most um you know everything's sort of very well it does it have to be well proportioned, not necessarily, so I'm imagining that the eyes could be very far apart or something, but and still small. be and small, yeah okay, yeah. <laughs> but perfectly symmetrical, yeah, I mean we could just do do tests on this by just getting pictures of ugly people you know people that everybody agrees is ugly and then (laughs) just make and then just flipping their face in a mirror or copying it or something to make it symmetrical and see what happens I guess
2: yeah but I think you were right in saying beauty is an evolved fitness Mm. basically what we see as beauty is what our current mind Mm. is looking for. It says, oh, this is what I'm looking for right now. And so they're not better genes, but they're genes that are currently more fit for breeding heaps.
1: Mm, Popular. But then that ignores all the cultural elements of what beauty is, Alistair.
2: But, I mean, that could be one of the main reasons why all the people on the top are of this H.G. Wells book why the Mm. people on top, why they are attractive, that it could just be that they have heaps of money. And, I mean, you know, we see beauty also in a way that will help us survive. Mm. Um, Mm. So maybe they just find them attractive in the same way that we would find like a, you know, a a plate of carbonara pasta really attractive.
1: Now, is this a thing that could happen in the future? That somebody who's very ugly... Very ugly. Everybody agrees that they're ugly. Very ugly Yet, indeed. Very ugly indeed. They yeah. are also the richest person in the world, right? Say it's Jeff Bezos. I, you know, I'm not passing judgment on his appearance, but let's say that he, he, has, he feels ugly in himself. He yeah. feels that he, he, people don't find him attractive. But what he does with his enormous wealth is begin to manipulate all the media and all the depictions of of sexiness and beauty that mm-hmm. we are fed every day through advertising and everything he 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 makes all those representations look like him so now all the you know unless if you want to make it in modeling it's not mm-hmm. your body being certain proportions or your um, your weight or that sort of thing it's just how much you look like Jeff Bezos, and then you know th- and that is how you get through and succeed, and so you grow uh the- over time everything changes society changes to the to shift our perceptions of what beauty is, and then in fifty a hundred years yeah it's 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 looking exactly like Jeff Bezos is the thing that that we all find sexy,
2: look, it's very possible. I think he could also give money maybe to all the people who look a bit like him right so that so that people who look like him are also tend to be wealthy, which is another positive mm. association with it. I think that and would be
1: very successful
2: and then it might cause people in different places to start getting plastic surgery to sort of look more like know, him look more like Bezos to get that. Real dissymmetry, which is what I feel you could say about Jeff Bezos's face.
1: Well, you could certainly say it about um, the distribution of wealth in America that benefits um, that's Jeff right. Bezos It's very asymmetrical. Um, yes, I think this could be a sketch, Alastair. Now, how do you feel about it?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's really good. Uh, rich guy
1: makes everybody. You know, you make you. Every time there's a sexy person in a in a um, in an ad an, an advertisement, they look just you know initially just a little bit like Jeff, but over time more and more so, until eventually they're all bald and they've all got that little chin of his. You know that little that cute little chin that he has,
2: and those and that button chin. God, he's attractive. Button chin.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, look, to be honest. I already live in that world. I don't know why I brought this up.
2: (laughs) I mean, he could just take over. You know, I mean, he he took over. You know, Washington Post or whatever he owns, Washington Mm. Post. But if he owned, you know, he could buy Vogue or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Start doing it. Maybe he already does. There's already slight bits of, um, you know, slight bits of you know manipulation of images anyway. Mm. You may as well make every face look but you know but then at the same time to be a supermodel you kind of do have to like have a weird look
1: a bit of a weirdness to you <laughs> you got to have a weirdness to that you that could be the new thing but you're you right know, so... you could manipulate it digitally he could you could probably you what you could do is you could probably hack into a bunch of computers and nobody would even have to know but that gradually you are adding elements in, and you're slowly, slowly morphing all the pictures that go to print over the course of years, mm-hmm. so that nobody actually notices the change until it's too late, and you've got a massive horn dog for the CEO of Amazon all the time.
2: When you said horn dog, you've, you've said you've got a massive horn dog. Yeah. <laughs> Um, That's
1: what I talk.
2: Is that what you about. call an erection?
1: That's what I call an erection. Yeah, like a like a corn dog, but it's yeah, a like dog. a corn dog. Yeah. And is a corn dog a thing?
2: Yeah, corn dog. It's like a it's like a Pluto pup. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Great. But I guess is if it was anyway, you could make a corn horn dog, and then by battering <laughs> it and sticking it oil, anyway. <laughs> It's not a good idea. No?
1: Um, well, it's not. You're right. Not on almost any level. Um, don't do that. We don't endorse that.
2: Hey, when you finish a bottle of wine or something like that, mm. do you always hold it up to your eye and look inside?
1: <laughs> what, to see if there's any more left in there? Or just yeah. to look in there?
2: Just to look in there. Like even when you know that there's nothing left.
1: Yeah. Just have a peek. I... When's the last time
2: you looked inside a bottle?
1: I went through a period of trying to turn bottles, wine bottles into drinking glasses. Um so I looked in a few that way, but uh other than that I don't peer down the down the bottle hole all that much. I don't like to peer into into spaces. You, don't. you know, what if a spider jumps out and grabs onto your eyeball?
2: Yeah, but if it's better to know if there was one in your wine bottle,
1: <laughs> not afterwards, not yeah, after you've better. already drunk all the wine. What are you going to do sure with that you information?
2: I, you know, if you had looked in our hot water tank, I think while we were living at the warehouse, mm. you probably would have seen a dead mouse. I think
1: in the hot water tank.
2: Yeah, uh, or just in the water tank. I think you know how. I remember our water used to come out brown.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. For quite a long time, it came
2: out. Yeah, and real I've, brown. I've, I've since then. I've I've seen at least two stories by people who had a similar problem, and then. Called a plumber, and then later found out that they had been drinking a mouse.
1: Now, but I don't. I just don't see how that's possible.
2: I understand. How, how does it but get in? Two there? stories, Andy. I've heard two stories.
1: Yeah, they don't. They're not real. I mean, are they living on um, tank water? I can only imagine. That's the that's thing. If is they're the other thing is that water.
2: we we eventually stopped having brown water.
1: Yeah, we drank all the mouse.
2: Yeah, we drank. We, we drank, th- we drank, we drank our, our, way our way through, through it. it. <laughs>
1: We drank our problems away. That's one of the few problems that you can, you can solve you by drinking. actually can drink away. Yeah. That and dehydration. Um, oh, yeah. That's another pretty well, that's big problem.
2: Two. Yeah. The, yeah, that and maybe having too much water in your tank, like high tank pressure.
1: Yes. Yes, high tank pressure. That's, uh, that's a real issue. Hey, do you think you could what? get any nutritional value from eating your own teeth?
2: Yeah. Well, do you what think I there's I mean, anything I'm, in there? Yeah, no, I think there's definitely nutrition. I just, for some reason, I just assume that your body, like when it sees one of its own bits going through the stomach, it goes, nah, no, nah, no, nah, he's with us."
1: Yeah, don't what? Just let that go straight through to the butthole. Yeah,
2: let that <laughs> go through untouched.
1: Give that the the dignity of being pooped out whole. That's what yeah. it would have wanted.
2: Yeah, oh, I mean, there must be some benefit to being a member of the body, or do you think if you chew one of your nails and you swallow it, mm. it just gets digested like everything else, and you do get nutrients?
1: I tell you what, that is—it is nice. One of the nails getting to see what what is going on inside. Yeah, you know, like you—it's sort of like an undercover boss kind of situation. That, like, yeah. you know, you're 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 on the outside of this enormous. Complicated functioning um, machine. And then you get to go in and see what it's like on the shop floor, you know, and meet all the people who've made all of this possible.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: It'd be so cool to be able to just do it with your head. Yes. So yes, it would. i would. I know I discussed, I mean, I did do a, a shusher that was a little bit like this, right? But. This idea that if you could have like a bone softener, right? Mm. Let's say if it was just a cream, and and you and you put it on your head, right? And it just yeah. softens your scalp and your jaw and everything like that, just for temporarily, mm. right? And then you could just sh- maybe put like a little a little headlamp on, yeah, and then just push your head into your. Ch- your chest cavity, so down into your neck so that you could then look inside.
1: No, no, but that wouldn't work, right? Because, Well, because you would just, and you, well, are you opening up your chest cavity or are you just pushing it into the skin against the skin and like forcing the skin in because then you're still just going to see skin. Okay. So what you would have to do, you'd have to
2: fold, you'd have to, no, you'd have to fold the top of your head into your mouth. And then... Yes, yes,
1: it. yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Stretch and out and push... lengthen the, the eye bit of the head, where the eyes yeah. are. And, and push that all that. in.
2: Yeah. And just have a little light there near your eyes so that you can always see a little bit. I and think your teeth would be soft.
1: We're <laughs> not that far away from being able to... Put on virtual reality goggles, hold a little controller and then swallow a tiny submersible thing and drive through your own body, which I think would be amazing. I would actually do that, I think.
2: Yeah, how small? It would have to be pretty small. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, but like, like, you know, a pea or something like that, like if, at least in terms of just going through the digestive right, system, right, right. we know okay, that a yeah, pea yeah. can get through to the butthole unexploded.
2: I was picturing something about about clot-sized going into your bloodstream.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I
2: guess you can't get into the bloodstream through, through swallowing.
1: We made this exactly clot-sized. <laughs> We think we think we think it'll be able to get through the bloodstream without causing any problems. We made it exactly clot-sized. But Andy, One, I think
2: that, that might actually be a good um, a good business idea.
1: The
2: know, virtual this...
1: reality go through your own digestive your test system plan thing. thing, yeah, digestive yeah.
2: system thing. Because I think people are gonna people would want to go through that experience. I mean, you I th- could team up with um, with one of the existing virtual reality things if you feel like it would be too challenging to sort of design and manufacture. I don't think we're going to build
1: all our own hardware. Like, I don't no, see don't the think? point in building <laughs> our own headset. We'll focus on the tiny pea-sized submersible with the cameras. yeah, And the lights, I think lights are going to be really crucial for being yeah, able I think to so illuminate the... The whole thing in there because I, you know, a lot of the time when you see one of those, um, colonoscopies or whatever, and you see yeah. them a lot, it's, it's very <laughs> immediate. when you, you seek
2: them out the way that I do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you, it's very immediate. It's very, um, you only see a very small area, I think, around the probe. Mm. But I, you know, I, I love the idea of going into the stomach and being able to see it like a huge cavern. I don't know if that's, the reality no i think it would
2: be like spelunking like that you know that you kind of go through some really tight bits is that spelunking i think it
1: would be cool yeah 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 spelunking yeah great
2: way you go through some really tight bits but then you don't come come out i think once you enter the stomach right Mm. you would come out into this huge like you know it'd be like a big empty hall with just like a bit of water down the bottom and there'd probably be a waterfall coming from the. This is hole. what I want
1: it to look like. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, a big waterfall coming from the the upper hole, which I assume is where mm. you fell from. You know, and mm. be that there'd be that bit where you're falling, going whoa 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 whoa, and then float back to the top, and you'd see the waterfall, and you would see the, some graffiti, maybe. <laughs> you know, maybe some evidence of an ancient civilization.
1: Yeah. I uh, I like it, I like it. I think the the little P thing, you'd you'd have uh, a little tiny compressed gas canister of some kind in there, and you're able to also like if you get into a tight spot, I think it'd be good to be able to press that and sort of release some gas and kind of inflate the area around you to get a better look at things. Like I don't want it to be all squished in. I think I'd feel quite claustrophobic.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'd like a little. Yeah, I guess and just inflate it. I mean, what's that thing that they use? It's just a balloon they use to put in a stent, isn't it? A stent?
1: Mm, Yeah, a bit of a stent type thing. But this is just temporary. I don't see. Yeah, I
2: think. No, 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 I know. But I think that the the thing that they use to expand the stent is like a temporary balloon type thing. Okay, great. Because, you know, to get the stent in position, it has to be much thinner. Mm, Right. Yes, of course. They use a balloon in there to widen it out. Mm hmm put it in place and hold the the whole area
1: uh, balloon technology I wonder if when they were developing that they got in any any balloon artist animals uh people balloon think, balloon animal artists I artist. think it would be
2: silly not to get at least not to not consult one clown
1: Yeah I mean this is like you know in the movie Armageddon they send people up to blow up that uh asteroid Mhm they were going to send astronauts but is it Bruce Willis says he's not going without his team of drilling experts yeah and they're just good old down home boyos and it's mm-hmm. the same thing you know you can get all the all the fancy scientists in the world but you can't go past the good old fashioned know-how how of somebody mm-hmm. who works with you know rubbery little balloons licking them and twisting them all day every day <laughs> entertaining kids you know yeah. That's the kind of experience that you you can't teach in your fancy schools. And so you Absolutely. get them in and they'll come up with something revolutionary that, you know, maybe there is a an application maybe a for a poodle. <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to get to the poodle, Al. I was going to take a real fucking long time, but I was going to get there. <laughs> I was going to bore everybody even more than I already had. <laughs> And you just drop the word poodle.
2: Um, Sorry, Andy. I, knew, I didn't know you had, your, uh, you had a roadmap. I had my eyes had, on the prize. You, you had a roadmap and you could see there was a poodle at the end of it. And you're like, don't you ruin my build-up. You be quiet for seven to 11 yeah. minutes.
1: <laughs> you know me too well. Um, yeah. Uh, is that a sketch? Is there anything in that?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've written it down. Balloon wow. stent developers consulting a clown.
1: Yeah, great. Incredible. I wonder, you know, I don't know if there's anything else that the, the the clown could bring to it. I think the bit at the end where they just, at the end they just very quite rudely ask him to leave because after all he is only a clown. Throw him out onto the street in his big old pants. And his nose. Holds you know what I as hate I hate when
2: fight. I hate when people have big pants, but it's actually just kind of like a hula hoop style thing, just widening the top of the pants.
1: You don't you don't like that?
2: No, I don't like that.
1: I think that's funny.
2: Yeah? Yeah.
1: I think that's actually one of the funniest things about clowns.
2: No, I think you got to wear proper big pants. But that's a kind of
1: abs- What do you mean? What's the, what what do you mean?
2: I mean like pants. you wear, you know, if you're, if you're a 32 size waist, remember when we were that, Andy? Yeah, uh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was a time we lived together and we both had the same size pants, like 30 to 32. And that was just a normal thing.
1: Yeah, nowadays, I, I look back seemed... on those Halcyon days. I still I still look at size 32 pants on the rack and my eye is drawn to them.
0: I yeah. like,
1: oh. And then I, I have to consciously intervene and say, "No, Andy. Don't even try those on. Remember, it makes you really sad."
2: <laughs> our, no, our people are over here now.: Yes, Our pants are way up, up at this end. Um,
1: but but what's, I don't understand what you're talking about. You're just talking about people with pants that are too big for them. Whats wrong oh, yeah. with the, What's wrong with the hoop? The hoop's funny. It's a silly it's a silly way to wear your pants.
2: Yeah, look I can't find a way to make the thing that I was talking about work. I mean, I guess I was going to just say they wearing like, you know, size 46 pants with a belt.
1: We were talk I think we talked about the pa- <laughs> that I think that actually might be sort of the a bit of a Charlie Chaplin little tramp kind of look. I feel like his pants oh, yeah, were probably I think you're too right. big. But I think we actually talked about big Big clown pants on a recent episode of the podcast, and using them as a parachute to jump out of an aeroplane. I think. Am I
2: right? Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe, oh yeah. yeah, I think maybe you're right.
1: Bells are being yeah. rung. Ding dong. What's that? I ha- I had something I wanted to say before the podcast started, but like everything, you can have the best of intentions. And in those, did fr- you have the best flurry, of intentions going into this podcast? No, not at all. Actually, I came here. I I didn't come here to make friends. I came here to win. And, uh, let me tell you, I'm, I'm not going home tonight. I didn't come here to go home tonight.
2: (laughs) Well, you you don't have to go home, but did you know that we have listeners and sometimes some of them send us in three words from a listener, you know, they become Patreon supporters and they can, they can send us in three words to, uh, to, you know, to suggest a sketch. And, uh, Today, this is, I think this is a really old set of three words, but it comes from a very loyal listener. I mean, I'm sure they're all loyal. Uh, I hope you guys so. don't listen. You guys don't listen to other podcasts, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: they took the oath. They took the think tank oath um, to the exclusion I, I, of all others.
2: I could even say that this may be one day, because he's asked so much, a future guest on the pod.
1: My God. I look forward to that. It's three words
2: from Stuart McCone.
1: Stuart, thank you for this. In a way, you are a guest on the pod just because you're always in our hearts and we are saying some of your words right now.
2: Yeah, and some of his family bought him recording equipment. That's awesome. For his birthday. Yes. All right. Well, it feels inevitable. It feels like it's going to be inevitable. If only we could get organized. Mm. anyway so here's thank you f- for these words Stu. do you want to guess you, what the Stew. first one is andy
1: yeah 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 yeah
2: um rinse
1: rinse rinse no. oh reese <laughs> Did you say reese no rinse rinse like you rinse out your clothing
2: like vince but with an r
1: yeah that's right that's cleared. No, that it's up it's not
2: that it's not that oh. It's four.
1: Four. For the num for the number or four for n- four.
2: For the number four. four. For the
1: number four. Yes. Okay, great.
2: And then the second word is bread.
1: Four bread and salad.
2: The- four bread salad. Oh, good guess. <laughs> good guess. I was saying good guest. I think my mind was thinking about Stuart McCone. Nah. Who's asked to be on the podcast and it was just I had a Freudian slip because I think he's going to be a good guest.
1: I think you're probably right. But was my guess any good?
2: No. But no, I mean, it was good in terms of a sketch, I think.
1: I do think it is a good sketch idea. I think, uh, you know, I we we allow the crouton as an interloper into a salad. But I would love to see a salad that is entirely made from breads. from four With maybe a cube breads. of lettuce in there. Little yes. cubes of lettuce. Sure, <laughs> great. This is an alternative universe where the dominant salad element is the crouton. <laughs> I
2: think four bread salad is a really funny recipe.
1: <laughs> but but can you imagine that we like if the sandwich had never been developed as the way that we eat the the bread. Mm. And instead, we ate a bowl of bread. Like you chopped up bread into little chunks and strips, you know, julienne some bread, put it into a bowl, and then the spreads then become the salad dressing. So you drizzle peanut butter and uh, Vegemite over the salad. You toss the bread salad like that, and you you know you eat it with a fork.
2: Andy, I'm I'm already writing it down. <laughs>
1: Cost bread salad. Four
2: bread salad. <laughs> um, I want you to. So his last word was rolls, which I think four different bread rolls you could put into a, 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 I think, a four bread salad. Beacon away, we've, we've done it. Um, here I am thinking, right? Just see if this works for you. White bread?
1: Yeah, great. Classic.
2: Whole meal? Uh huh.
1: Yeah, I mean, not my favorite. I don't think the flavor of whole meal has. Ever had anything to recommend it? But go on.
2: Then we got like, sort of five seed bread.
1: Oh, okay. You call that a multigrain?
2: Multigrain is what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then fourth one. Mm. Sourdough.
1: Of course, it's got to be sourdough. I mean, rye, rye could be in there, but it feels like How about rye this? is All just right. a poor man's sourdough.
2: All right, sourdough. Rye, yes. Sandwich.
1: I <laughs> uh, see. Now that's not a type of bread. That's a that's a type of slice. That's a format. That's a bread format. But that's no, not I a think, bread.
2: No, I think it's fine. I think it works. Okay. Yeah, Unless you want to say crusty,
1: and crusty. Yeah, great.
2: <laughs> right. no, that was thir- that was the third one though. And pumpernickel.
1: Oh. Yeah, I, I I don't mind that sort of heavy weight of the pumpernickel in the ecosystem of breads. The, the you know, pumpernickel feels like a real a, healthy bread.
2: Now it's a salad. Yeah, and I guess like the pumpernickels like the olives of the salad. Mm. Whereas I'm I gonna think that the
1: I'm gonna pitch Go. this sketch and try and get it up on our uh, Christmas in December stupid old studio special it's because a four,
2: four bread salad four
1: bread salad is. <laughs> really tickling me.
2: Well, we could we could we could, could kind of uh, brought a bunch of uh, you know, dishes to this thing.
1: Mm, that's right. Bread salad and then and then drizzling on the uh the Vegemite.
2: Mm. You'd have to you'd yeah. have to
1: thin the Vegemite, and make it quite runny, which is really
2: well, you, you know, you microwave some butter.
1: Yeah. You mix then, that in with some Vegemite. And then you
2: you mix in a globule of Vegemite in there, yeah, <laughs> like that. You put it in a little squirty bottle. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, it's it it feels disgusting, instinctively, but intellectually, you can't. It's you can't argue with it.
2: Yeah. And imagine. And so this, it's though. a
1: salad for the intellect, I think, the bread salad.
2: Imagine bread like that. You know, just a bit of bread like that. That's been you know from different rolls and things like that, like we just mm. discussed. But they're kind of like you know they're maybe they're they're all torn apart a little bit and then you know lightly roasted in the uh, mm. under the grill. Mm. You know, just so that they get a bit crispy, and then you wrap them in like a pita bread, <laughs> and you have them. You have them like a kebab or like a shawarma.
1: Yeah, great. <laughs>
2: I mean, this this could be a whole series of vegetarian meals
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a, just a bread restaurant It's just um, a bread restaurant Yeah, it's called bread Well,
2: bakeries don't really tend to <laughs> breakfast the breads
1: Bakeries don't tend to refer to themselves as a bread restaurant But I wish they did <laughs> <laughs> I went to the takeaway bread restaurant You mean the bakery? No, no <laughs> Um <laughs> I, Take away bread restaurant it's quite, um, it's quite confronting having one of the three words be the word for It's really disorienting and throwing me off And I think you might be fucking with us That's all I'm saying It's a, it's a high level fuck
2: But uh, It's a high level fuck, is that what you said? Yeah,
1: yeah it's
2: Such a high level fuck
1: you know, like, um, that's actually like,
2: what I've heard Stew called. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I love you, Stu. <laughs> Feels I, like don't, we, is there I don't know to do Stu with... that well, right? I only know him from Twitter. But I assume that we would give each other shit like that. Uh, yeah, well, you do. Yeah. So it's
1: just a question of whether he gives it back. Um, I think he does. What is four bread rolls? Like, what can we do with that? Just the suggestion, four bread rolls. I mean, I don't think we need to force it and come up with anything else because I'm happy with four bread salad. But mm. it's a really, you know, it's an interesting suggestion in that it yeah. doesn't really, in a way, suggest anything. Like, it's...
2: Yeah, but what about, a, pe- you know, it's a group of people who start making babies but with four people.
1: Mmm, like getting a bun in the oven, but a four-way baby bun. A new kind yeah. of parent arrangement.
2: We've just find, we find a new way. Like just yeah. like it's a bit of pipe or something like that. It's like a yeah, two-way. Yeah, that's probably what it, all it it's is. It's a bit of pipe that we find, <laughs> and it's, like, it's just a new valve or a new configuration of pipes. Yeah. We figure out a way of mixing two eggs and mm. two bits of sperm.
1: Mm.
2: you know like imagine if there was just a way like you know when you know i think how the egg there's something to do with like it kind of allows a sperm in there is a mode that it goes in and then it locks Mm. down Mm. yep what if there's something in that moment where it can also allow in the other egg
1: i think i think we've i don't think it's ever been tested i don't think anyone's ever fired eggs at eggs just to see Mm. what happens and i don't don't think it's that crazy.
2: Yeah, and yeah. maybe with this, it bit could of be pipe, like maybe it could be earth. something a plumber discovered.
1: It's it's one of those medical breakthroughs that is basically plumbing.
2: <laughs> yeah, and there must be some. And it's just a guy working in his workshop in his garage, you know, and he makes this kind of bit, of, this bit of pipe, that's like th- <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's, four, a, it's a it's, got, it's a four-way four bit of on. pipe,
1: and you've got a. I've variously put it up yourself and put yourself into the openings and then if you time everything right, the eggs migrate down to the centre at the exact time that the sperm strikes like two colliding beams, particle beams and a particle accelerator. And mm. the, you know, the, the pressure of the sperm is, creates a kind of fusion, like the pressure that you know, fuses atoms in the sun, and the two eggs are forced together um, by these spermal waves and uh, it, it forms a new um, double baby, I guess, right? With twice as much <laughs> genetic material as is necessary. And it's good to have some spare.
2: Because <laughs> it doesn't help that much, does it? But, you know, you get to pick from four sets of stats. Stats. You know, because so, you know, yeah. you've got... You know, you got the stats from each one of four bloodlines. Mm. The stats. Right? What are your stats? And to be to be the dominant gene mm. when you've had to dominate three other sets of genes rather than just one other. Yep. You know, knowing that other two sets of genes could gang up on you.
1: Yep. You've um, um you've you've come you've come through to be top really of the heap. You've really come through. And so
2: you're gonna have a real tough MF, Andy.
1: Yeah. Um, I think this is a really interesting um, device and uh, future for all of us. Hey, everybody. okay, so now this is just Andy because what you don't know, you know you're probably shocked. Where did Al go? what's going on? Is everything okay? everyone's fine, everything's okay. but what you don't know is that before the podcast, the recording was delayed for a long time because neither of Alastair's computers were working. And then he uh, recorded directly onto his Zoom recording device. But then, at the point where you just got up to in the podcast, his device ran out of batteries. And we didn't realize as we continued to record another good 10 minutes of absolutely rock solid, rip, rip hard material. And it, uh, unfortunately, it, it will never h- hear the light of day. The beautiful sound of the light of day will never fall upon its ears or yours. And uh, so now what I will do is I'll just take you through the sketch ideas um, that we came up with and I'll sign off and we'll, we'll leave it at that. So this is, And Alistair's not, not able to record anymore right now because he doesn't have any more batteries for his device. It's a, it's a long and very sad but incredibly true story. So here we go. The sketches we came up with today were long division scam, which is possibly a pandemic-style documentary about how teachers don't want you to know the easy way of doing division. Alt parenting, in which I uh, uh, get my kids to do what the things that they don't want to do by telling them that the elites don't want them to do them. Sexiness causes you to adopt somebody's ideology. Ah, yes, finger in the butt invisibility. Mm, classic and indivisibility. A uh, uh, rich person makes everybody think that they are the definition of beauty via manipulation of the culture, the zeitgeist, and the the collective psyche. Um, is this how I normally talk? I, I, I forget. Uh, a pea-sized camera, um, virtual reality experience, being able to go through your own digestive system. Ah, the, uh, the stent... Um, uh, the, the, the balloon stent, balloon animal artist, animal person, I was thinking that maybe a way in which you could demonstrate that is you could have one of the doctors working on the stent via some remote camera inside the chest of a, 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 a still-living patient and you see them manipulating, inflating the stent with their little catheter probe inside the vein and then you see them manipulating the hands of their tiny, tiny robot and they tie it into a balloon animal, maybe a poodle uh we have the four, of course of course the four bread salad um which i hope you got to hear that bit uh and the takeaway bread restaurant and of course um you may have heard this bit which is um four people being able to give birth to a, va- a baby via some um pregnancy toy uh based around pipes the manipulation of pipes the uh appropriate moment of release for all concerned Anyway, those are the sketches that we came up with today. I'm going to do a little song all by my do a song self um you know I think it's even worse when Al isn't here. I shouldn't say even worse. I shouldn't sound surprised at all when I say that um so thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. I'm stupid old Andy on twitter he's um, at TV, you can support us on Patreon and so many of you do and we love that so much about you that's a great thing thank you for everybody who does that and thank you for everybody who doesn't do that you can review us on iTunes um, we've been getting some a lot of people sharing and informing people about the podcast recently some new people jumping on board so good on ya, and thanks for chucking us a listen um, down the old ear canal um, straight into those uh, oral bones that are so small the stirrup uh, of course, the hammer. Um, uh, there's another one. I think there's a curly one. Uh, it's great to be be a be stimulating all of those uh, oral uh, sensory components. Um, and uh, and 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 you should listen to Do Go On. I'm going to put this in the show notes. But I was on the recent episode of Do Go On talking about Matthew Brady, Tasmanian bush ranger, and I had a lot of fun. And they were very kind to have me on the program. And uh, you can download Magma still, if you want, at sospresents.com. And I have it on good authority. I feel like I can speak on behalf of both of us, both myself and Alastair, when I say that we love you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. <laughs> we used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah.